How's everyone doing? Everyone have a good good uh, good weekend. I can tell you, I uh, I was at the building yesterday. So if you're uh, if you are free next week, please stop on by. It'll be a fun time. Um, but I was in the at the building the other day, and uh, you know we were getting ready. I was lucky enough to have my brother come with me, and then uh, one of his friends come with me as well. Um, all I had to do was buy him lunch, which I think was a fair trade for the eight seven hours of work that we did. So. Um, I, I kind of won that bargain, but um, Andrea has a really good job of assigning me. I can say this because she's not here. She has a really good job of assigning me jobs at the building that I will gladly do. Like, we were there the other day setting up internet, <clears throat> which was fine. What, the part that I don't like is the fact that uh, the two guys I go with are roofers, so they're used to heights. I'm terrified of heights. So we're running cables all the way up on these 16-foot ceilings, and I'm, like, gripping to ladders to, like, oh, my God, someone hold me. Meanwhile, they're breaking, like, you know, probably every law under the sun, half on a ladder, half not, reaching over stuff, and I'm, I'm terrified, absolutely terrified. So not only am I exhausted uh, from yesterday just doing all this work, mentally I have fear for the week is gone. I've, I've, everything was out yesterday. So... <clears throat> It'll be a good time. We're not going to make you do that next week. That sounded bad, like yeah, I was going to make you guys do a bunch of weird stuff next week. That's not it, <clears throat> but should be a good time. <clears throat> Sorry. Okay, let's dive right in. Not making this awkward, right? So who remembers the big thing of last week? What was the big analogy that, that Andrea had? Jars of clay, broken vessels. Good. Um, we had the nice pictures, right? I didn't know all that about jars of clay. I thought that was really interesting, all the stuff that was there. So we're going to continue through 2 Corinthians as we go in. So if you have your Bible, we're going to dive right into chapter 5. should be on the screen. Um, this is really, you know, Paul up to this point has really been talking about um, the struggles about being a Christian, right, and how God wants us to be. And this is going to be kind of a turning point for that. So I am excited. So if you want to start out in verses... Uh, we're going to go through one through five. For instance, we know that when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents and folded away, they will be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven. God made, not handmade, and we'll never have to re relocate our tents again. Sometimes we can hardly wait to move, and so we cry out in frustration. Compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seem like a stopover in an unfurnished shack, and we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home, our resurrection bodies. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. Who's ever uh, put up a tent, right? Who's ever had to help someone else put up a tent? Who's ever done it in the rain, right? Those are all pretty bad. Every time I get a tent... Um, I will always take it in my backyard and practice once because I know I have four hours to do it then. When I forget directions, get lost in the woods, and then it's raining, that is not the time to learn how to set up a new tent, right? Can we all agree with that? That's not the time to do it. Um, who here has ever stayed in a hotel now, right, other than a tent? The other, yep, there you go, a little, little better, right? A little more solid of a roof. The ground isn't bumpy. Um, you know, it's not something that you have to set up yourself. You can just show up. I don't have to practice going to a hotel, although I don't think I'd mind, right, getting a free night in a hotel, but I don't have to practice showing up at a hotel. Um, my mom was a big camper when she was younger. That was all their family did. They had one of those Volkswagen, you know, our last name is Westfall, and I'm pretty sure the van was like Westfalia or something like that, so it was kind of funny, but they had one of those vans, um, and they went around camping outdoors. That's all they did, and then sure enough, she marries my dad. My dad's like, 
nope, we stay in hotels. Now you can't get my mom outside to do anything, right? She's fully switched over. She understands the life. They're in Florida all the time. They're, you know, not camping on the beach. They're in a hotel doing their thing. Um, and Paul's kind of, we'll get into this more later, but Paul's kind of getting to this point too where he's telling us to relocate, relocate our tents, right, because there's something better on the horizon, right? Once you're kind of in a hotel, it's kind of hard to go back to a tent, right? You have to, like, really enjoy it to go back. But most people, if they've been living in a tent their whole life and then all of a sudden are given a bed, you're going to jump on that opportunity instantly, right? Moving on. Uh, that's why we live with such good cheer. You won't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. It's what we trust in but don't yet see that keeps us going. Do you suppose a few ruts in the road or rocks in the path are going to stop us? When the time comes, we'll be plenty ready to exchange exile for homecoming, right? So this is to remind us of what's ahead. Um, last time I can remember going camping, uh, I had to, me and my brother again, uh, had to go work at a Christian music festival, which was great. Don't get me wrong, but the day started at 6.30. They ended between midnight and 1, and I got to go home to a tent that I shared with my brother. It was on a ski resort. It was cold. I had to sleep under one of the ski resorts, so I was also sleeping at an angle, um, and it was not fun. I didn't shower for four days. We were stuck in this tent. It was not a fun experience, but I can tell you the first thing and the only thing that was keeping me excited was the fact that when I got home, I was able to shower and then sleep in my own bed. Right, so it's the knowing what's coming is what gets you excited, right? Other than that, I think if I had to be in that tent for the rest of my life, I don't know if I'd have the same outlook on those four days as if I did in that moment, right? Um, and obviously, Paul is talking about heaven in this place. C.S. Lewis has a good quote, and even he says, "If I find in myself desires which nothing this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for something in another world," right? And that's a great thing to see, right? That's from merely Christianity. It's kind of great to see. Um, you know, it makes sense, right? If I know that there's nothing to fill this void, then there's got to be something more. There's got to be some other place, and that's what's kind of driving me forward, getting me excited to move forward. Um, the only complete form of satisfaction is Jesus Christ, right? So, you know, how many of us are you thinking about lunch? Just me? Nope, a few of us. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Right? Food comes and goes. There's a reason we eat three times a day, not once in a lifetime, right? That food comes and it goes, Cars, houses come and go, right? We want something new or something better, or it just deteriorates. Relationships, same thing, right? They come and go. Jesus Christ is the only relationship that can be there for the long run. Okay. Uh, verses 9. We'll start off back at 9. But neither exile nor homecoming is the main thing. Cheerfully pleasing God is the main thing, and that's what we aim to do regardless of our conditions. Sooner or later, we'll all have to face God, regardless of our conditions. We will appear before Christ and take what's coming to us as a result of our actions, either good or bad. That keeps us vigilant, you can be sure. There is no light thing to know that we'll all one day stand in that place of judgment. That's why we work urgently with everyone we meet to get them ready to face God. God alone knows how well we'll do this, but I hope you realize how much and deeply we care. We're not saying this to make ourselves look good to you. We just thought it would make you feel good, proud even, that we're on your side and not just nice to your face so, as so many people are. If I acted crazy, I did it for God. If I acted overly serious, I did it for you. 
Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and last word in everything that we do. So as a Christian, hopefully most of us know one day we'll stand before judgment, right? That's a common thing that you learn pretty early on. Um, and this is why we have to get to get people ready, right? This is what should keep us going. We've seen heaven. We kind of know what to be excited for. Other people don't. This is why we kind of have this calling. Um, and even what's great is it says, even God alone knows how well we do this. In the ESV, it says, what we are is known to God. So I was thinking about this, too, because there's, you know, importance in, in this verse. But um, I've noticed, too, that there's a big difference bet between being known and being known of. I think there's an importance that we should all be in thinking of, that of kind of just, you know, even though it's an extra word, it means extra nothing, I think, right? It's more important to be known than be known of, right? So I know of a lot of coworkers, but that guy who fixed something last week, he's known, right? Like I know what he did. I know how important he is. I know what he has to bring forward. Anyone can be known of. Anything can be known of. That's not the importance here, right? God could have said, you know, I, I know of everyone, right? But to be truly known is something entirely different, right? There's the extra importance to that. There's extra significance to have someone say, you know, you're known for this. You're known for who, who you are. Uh, Tim Keller has a quote as well who says, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. Worse than heights, still a greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. He is what we need more than anything. He liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness, and fortifies us for uh, any uh, difficulty life can throw at us, right? That's pretty important to think, right? So we're loved by God. We've learned that. We understand that, right? We're jars of clay. He's trying to mold us, move us forward. And to be known by God completes the picture, right? Really completes that relationship with God to understand that, you know, we're called to love our enemies, but I, enemies might not be known to me, right? This is saying that we're taking one half of it love, we're taking one half of it known, and God's doing, God's doing both. Another sentence that Paul calls out here, because this is a lot. I don't know about you guys. I like the message because it splits, splits it up for me, because otherwise I'd read all 20, and then I have to go back and read all 20 again, and then again, and again, because I don't know when to stop. I have no, um, my brain can't do that. So, you know, you think periods at the end of sentences would do that, but that's not apparently the case. So, um, the other sentence at the end of here says, if I acted crazy, I did it for God. If I acted overly serious, I did it for you. So we have crazy on one side, that's for God, and we have serious on the other side, and that's, that's for you. So what Paul at this time is talking about, he's talking to local church, right, kind of what almost a Sunday should look like back at this time, right? So he's talking about um, how much Holy Spirit activity one should see on a Sunday or the type of tone that you should set on a Sunday back at the time of this church, right? There's nothing wrong with either, and I think Paul tries to make that clear, is that acting crazy is not wrong and acting serious is not wrong. But there is a time for each, right? Um, the best way I can think about this is when, you know, uh, you have a new friend, you have a new business partner, and you have someone you meet for the first time. I'm not going to show up in sweatpants, laying that back on my couch, you know, acting crazy, acting laid back or whatever, because I've never met you before. The first time you meet someone, you kind of put a face on, right? You want to be serious. You want to understand um, that they understand, like, the significance of why you're meeting, right? If it's a business meeting, you want to go there overly serious to make sure 
that you, they understand that you're there to mean business, that you are there to, uh, what you're saying actually has merit to it, right? No one takes someone, if someone comes to me crazy, said something weird, I'm not gonna take that for face value, right, with anything. He's saying the same thing here. Now, if you wanna act crazy, that's the great time for friends, right? After you get to know someone, get to trust someone, that's when you can act crazy. That's when you can act crazy with God. That's what he's saying, right? After you are serious with someone enough to drag them into that relationship, they can grow that relationship to get crazy with God on their own, right? So we have to have both sides of it. Holy Spirit is a God of order, right? On, on Sunday, people may not be a believer, but, you know, that's what we have to be serious about. I can't tell you how many times where, um, unfortunately, when I meet someone who isn't a Christian for the first time, half the time I have to try to remind them is that Christians aren't crazy. That's like most of my conversation is getting past that to then go back. And it shouldn't be that way. That's what he's saying. He's saying that we should be overly serious for the people that don't know Christ, for the people that, um, that don't know him. As they grow that relationship, that's when you can start acting crazy. Uh, verses 14 and 15. Our firm decision is to work from this focus center one man died for everything. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in death so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life, a far better life than people have ever lived on their own. It's quick, it's to the point, but I think what's important here is the fact that if we think about everything else that might happen in this world, right? Everyone talks about you know different upbringings have different success, different families have different success. Um, anything can alter your success. What they're saying here, though, is because God died the same for everyone. In Christianity, everyone's on the same playing field, right? It doesn't matter if you sin more or sin less or whatever. God died the same for you as he did for you as he did for you, right? It doesn't matter. When it comes to that, we are all on the same playing field. Verses 16, all the way to the end as we, as we kind of wrap this up. So because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life emerges. Look at it. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world, the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by start, fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone that he, what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work by making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now, become friends with God, he already, he's already a friend with you. How you ask? In Christ, God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so that we could be put right with God. So the first part's all about the gospel, right? Old life is gone, new life has come. That's what we should be focused on, right? The, our daily bread, we want to make sure that we're constantly becoming a new creation to be more and more and more like him. And God has given us the kind of the test of telling everyone of what he's been doing, right? So we are Christ's representatives. We are the first person. We are the person that's going to bring someone to Christ. We're the one that's going to be the avenue for someone else. 
And it doesn't matter to you of your differences. He wants to make sure that that's, that's a thing too, right? There's something greater at play. Um, there's something, something more important that's forward. You can have differences. It's not a matter of the fact that you can't disagree on things, but that shouldn't get in the way of the ultimate goal, right? Um, you know, if you ever met a salesperson, they might disagree with how you're doing things, but at the end of the day, they're still going to sell you something because they want, want you to have it, right? It's going to be that same mentality where you can disagree and that's fine, but don't let that get in the way. That's, that's what's important here. Going back to the beginning, right? So we are supposed to be called out of our, out of our tents. We're going to be put those away. We're going to go to heaven. We're going to have this great, wonderful place to live. Um, and we talked about, you know, um, once you stay in a hotel, once you stay in a home, there's no going back to a tent, right? Um, but I think what's important is, you know, the same way, you know, as Michael ever told anyone about Delta, about Marriott, anything like that, was you go forward, right? There's always ambassadors. Marissa, I think, has bought more water, water bottles for anyone in the church than anyone I can think of because she loves this one water bottle. Um, but as we're called to go to these places, right, we should be having the same mentality of being uh, an ambassador, a representative for something that we enjoy, that we will with heaven, right? We should make sure that the same way that we're telling people of like, this hotel's the best, this water bottle's the best, this whatever's the best, whatever brand that we love, whatever thing that we love going forward, we should be doing the same thing with heaven. We should be doing the same thing with Christ. We should be putting everything aside and explaining to everyone in a serious way why this is great. Right? If we truly back something, if we truly support something, if we truly, truly believe in something, that should be the first thing out of our mouths, right? That should be the thing that gets us serious, that gets us starting a conversation, that gets something that we can talk about, right? I mean, you can sit with someone who, you know, again, Michael, for an example, you can sit with someone, you'll talk about airlines, and he'll bring up Delta 30 seconds into a conversation, right? It doesn't take much if you love something to drag that into a conversation, make it relatable, make it part of who you are, right? Make it actually kind of tattooed on you for, for who you should be. So my challenge for everyone this week is to kind of, as we think through this, as you think through um, what was life like for you, right? To understand what heaven was like and to understand the significance of casting away what you do in the world and move forward to what's in heaven. How are you trying to make sure that people have that same understanding? Do you enjoy heaven enough? Do you enjoy Christ enough where you're making it your brand, where you're making it something that you can represent, something that you can lead the way forward for someone else, right? Are you in that moment, are you being uh, serious enough with it to understand the significance on either side, um, what it means, right? This isn't something as simple as uh, buying a water bottle or buying something else, right? This is the one thing that won't fade away. This is the one thing that won't go. So when you have these conversations, are you putting yourself up in a way where you're serious and you're trying to set them up for success? Or are you kind of, um, you know, not treating it with the significance, without the importance, without the, uh, what, what it deserves? So that's my challenge for everyone this week, and myself included, right? As I go forward into conversations, as I go forward into my walk, how can I make sure to wear it on my chest the same way I would anything else that I enjoy? How would I make sure that as I walk forward and see someone else who's living in a tent to under make them understand that there's something better than a piece of plastic over my head, right? How can I make sure that they understand that it's, it's okay to be where you are because we've all been there, but you have to understand that there's something better. You have to understand that there's something more. Will you guys stand with me? Heavenly Father, I ask that as we as we go through 
uh, today and we go into this other song. And as we, we go through this week, Lord God, that you would um, just put it on our hearts to really make sure that we understand the, the importance of, of you and the importance of, of, of what, what we're called to do, that this would be something where um, that we feel challenged, that we feel um, compelled, Lord God, to bring this into conversation, to bring this forward, that we would start to be representatives for you, that we would, um, as Christians, just really understand the fact that that we are the ones to lead people forward into you, that you, we are the ones that can be the path forward, that we are the ones that can really make a difference in someone's lives by showing them the way to you. And that this would not be something that we do once, this would not be something um, that, I, that I do and move on from, that this would be a part of my life, that this would be a part of who I am, that this would be a part of just everything I live and breathe to understand uh, that I am completely sold out. I'm completely ready to take people out of their tents and show them what the world, what you have to offer.